Oasis Church Chicago, Pastor J.P. Troyo here. So glad that you're joining us today on our podcast. You're about to hear a message today from our weekend encounter. Uh, I pray that this message uh, encourages you, inspires you, and pushes you closer to Jesus. If you'd like to stay on track with what's going on at the church, we'd love for you to download our app, Oasis Church Chicago, or visit us on our website, www.oasischurchchicago.com. I'm praying for you, we're believing for you, and we trust that God's gonna continue to do great things in your life. God bless you. Now here's the message today. And so this morning, um, I, I got a message in my spirit that I believe God is going to just use and, and encourage us and help us and, and just bring us closer to his heart. Amen? And it's a familiar passage of scripture that if you have come around before, uh, you've heard me preach about this before. This is not a new piece of scripture that I'm teaching on. This is a, actually, I said to Rach this week as I was preparing, I said, I just want the Lord to give a fresh anointing. Every, you know, his word's anointed, right? Like, it's anointed. But as we, as people that are, are, are messed up, broken, even preachers and pastors, right? I just asked the Lord, Lord, would you anoint this in a greater measure? Would you allow for this to be a fresh word that is, is not only for me, but for our people? And so this passage of scripture is found in Acts 16. If you have your Bibles, who has your Bibles? Lift them up, hold them up, because you get extra points in heaven. Good for you. Amen. The rest of y'all, I'm not judging you, but kind of on the inside. Kidding, come on, come on. Acts 16, uh, it's going to be up on the screen, but I entitled this message today, A Move Even When You Don't Feel Like It. Come on, that's a good title right there. I'm surprised they fit that thing on the screen. That's the longest title I've had in a long time. A move, even when you don't feel like it. Acts 16, I got a lot of scripture. Is that all right? The Bible's good. Here we go. One day as they were going down, Paul and Silas, to, a, to the place of prayer, we met a slave girl who had a spirit that enabled her to tell the future. She earned a lot of money for her masters by telling fortunes. She followed Paul and the rest of us shouting, These men are servants of the Most High God, and they have come to tell you how to be saved. This went on day after day until Paul got so exasperated that he turned and said to the demon within her, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And instantly it left her. Now pause. I don't have time to teach this. But listen, what's happening is, is they're moving. They're proclaiming the goodness of God. This young girl who is captured by a demonic spirit, she is actually speaking truth. What is she saying? Hey, hey, these servants are of the Most High God, and they have come to tell you how to be saved. Is she telling a lie? No. Can I say something especially? I mean, this is for everybody. You need to ask the Holy Spirit for, Spirit for such a supernatural discernment within you that even demons that try to tell you truth, you can say, that's not the Lord. It's in the Bible, right? Like, I'm not, th this is Scripture. She's saying truth, but it's, from a place of lies. So you got to be careful with what you receive because see, there's going to be things that are said to you that sound really good. And your friends are going to tell you some really good advice. And your coworkers are going to tell you some really good things that make a lot of sense, but they are not from God. God had nothing to say of that. Come on, you with me this morning. That's not even my sermon, but I should preach that sermon sometimes. And four of us say amen to that. Her master's hopes of wealth were now shattered. Hello. 
So they grabbed Paul and Silas and dragged them before the authorities at the marketplace. The whole city is in an uproar because of these Jews, they shouted to the city officials. They are teaching customs that are illegal for us Romans to practice. A mob quickly formed against Paul and Silas, and the city officials ordered them to strip, ordered them stripped and beaten with wooden rods. How many know that hurts? That doesn't feel good. They were severely beaten, and then they were thrown into prison. The jailer was ordered to make sure that they didn't escape. So the jailer put them into the inner dungeon. Yo, these guys, these, these men were locked up, not just in one, the cell, but like inside of the cells. You with me? That dungeon is not like this like little glorified prison cell. This is rough. This is tough. This is cold. This is dark. This is heavy. They are not able to get out of this thing. You with me? And they clamped their feet in the stocks. Around midnight, hello, the darkest hour of the night. Around midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening. Suddenly, there was a massive earthquake, and the prison was shaken to its foundations. I believe in Scripture. I believe this is true. You with me? All the doors immediately flew open, and the chains of every prisoner fell off. The jailer woke up to see the prison doors wide open. He assumed the prisoners had escaped, so he drew his sword to kill himself. But Paul shouted to him, Stop! Don't do that! Don't kill yourself! We are here! The jailer called for lights and ran to the dungeon and fell down trembling before Paul and Silas. Then he brought them out and asked, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? He's not talking about salvation, okay? Because in that culture, in that time, they didn't know about heaven and hell. He's asking, yo, what do I do to get out of this mess? Because <laughs> now I'm going to have to go tell my bosses, who are not really pleasant guys, what just happened. So, yo, can you help me get out of this mess? Hello, some of us are just looking to get out of our messes. Some of us show up to church, just God release me from my mess. And he does it, and then you're right back. Because you're missing the point. We miss the point far too often that God's just not trying to get you out of your mess. He's trying to get the message of Jesus inside of you. Hello, I'm preaching. I'm back. I'm back. He's trying to get it inside of you so that you can live out the hope of Jesus that is in you. They replied, yo, believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved. Along with everyone in your household. How good is that? And they shared the word of the Lord with him and all who lived in his household. Even at the hour of the night, the jailer cared for them and washed their wounds. Whew. Then he and everyone in his household were immediately baptized. He brought them into his house and set a meal before them. And he and his entire household rejoiced because they all believed in God. I'm going to end there. Powerful story, right? Even when you don't feel like it. You ever have a moment where you don't feel like doing something? This is interactive. I see the hands back there. Like, like there's a lot of moments in life where you just don't feel like it. Yo, becoming a parent, <laughs> it's real. <laughs> it's real. I know, I know we got many parents in this room. Your whole world changes, whether you like it or not. It's the best thing in the world. It's the greatest gift in the world. But I'm going to tell you something. Having a child shows you how selfish you are. Come on, judge me. All the other parents know what I'm talking about. Like, and kids, you better go back and thank your parents for what they did for you. I'm telling you right now. You realize there are a lot of things that you don't want to do that, 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 that take away from what you were able to do before. The, the things that you were just freely able to do, you don't get to do anymore. 
right? Like, like when my, my son, who is a blessing, and I love him, and he's awesome, and he's going to be a mighty man of God, but that boy needs to get saved quick. <laughs> this brother's waking up at 5.30 in the morning, kicking himself in the crib, like moving around, and we have this monitor upstairs that's very loud so we can hear, and, and Rachel's just gone to the world. Me, the moment a noise happens, I'm up. I'm crawling over my wife, like, give me that monitor. I need to see if you're all right. And he's in there smiling, laughing, joking with himself, having a comedy show. It's the funny. I'll send a video. I'll show y'all. How many of you know, though, I do not want to get up out of bed (laughs) and go down there and get my kid out of his crib? Not at 530. So what do we do? We're good parents. We just leave him. Judge us. <laughs> we just leave them. But there is some point, though, where I got to get up out of bed. I got to go down there, and I got to greet my son, even when I don't feel like it. There are a lot of things in life that you don't feel like doing, but you know they're right. Come on, eating vegetables, eating fruit, foregoing the Giordano's pizza. You just know there are things in life that are better for you that if you chose to do them, your life would be better. It would help you go forward. It would help you move forward. It would help you be who God's called you to be. It would push you into a right, the right thing. It would push you into the best thing that God has for you. There are many things in our lives that we don't feel like doing, but when we do it, we realize that there is something attached to it that is going to help us. I am preaching this morning in this quiet church. There is something there. And this, this morning, church, is what we're going to talk about, and that is you have have to worship God when you don't feel like it. You got to worship the Lord even when you don't feel like it. Guys, we are proclaiming so many things today in this world. We're telling so many different things. We're proclaiming hate. We're proclaiming injustice. We're proclaiming everything and anything. And we as believers need to rise up. We need to rise up and we need to start proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ. We need to start worshiping. Yo, be that weird coworker person in your cubicle. Turn on the worship music at your lunch hour because that's what you get to do and start worshiping the Lord. Yo, they may make fun of you. Let them. Because I'm telling you, they're going to come and be like, yo, how do you got so much joy? Why aren't you talking about the things we're talking about? Can I just say something in love? As believers, we are supposed to be set apart. We are supposed to look different. Right? Like six of us. Like, we're supposed to be different. And how do we show ourselves different? By what we proclaim, by what we speak, by what we say, by how we worship the Lord, by how we are doing what we have been created to do, and that is worship our Father. Come on, this is good. I'm telling you, even when you don't feel like it, it's the best time to start doing it. Even when you don't feel like he's done enough for you, start to remind yourself of what he has done for you. Start worshiping. Yeah, guys, this is a faith-building message. This is a message that will help us in our walk be the people that God needs us and has called us to be for this city, for your sphere, for your school, for your workplace. Start letting people hear the praises of God come out of your mouth. Lift your voice up. Shout them. Even when you don't feel like it. So there's a couple things I see here that I want to just teach. Is that all right? I got hmm, 20 minutes. I got it, Pastor Jordan. Don't worry. I got four points today. The anointing is real this morning. 
Rachel's rolling her eyes at me. I'm sorry. But there are a couple things that I see in this passage of Scripture that help me remind myself that I got to worship even when I don't feel like it. Can I be fully transparent this morning? Who woke up today and was like, I just want to worship the Lord. It's so nice out. No. I was in my car at like 545. I was like, I do not want to worship you today, Lord. I want to go back in bed. I want to crawl up and under those covers. I want to put my head on the pillow, and I want to sleep. I do not want to worship you. But we have to overcome those feelings. Come on. So the first thing is this. Worship isn't dictated by your emotions. <laughs> That's a resounding amen. <laughs> emotions are kicking in. <laughs> Thank you. Dad jokes. Your worship should never be dictated by your emotions. I heard it said, and I think it's brilliant, that emotions make uh, great servants but terrible masters. You start to serve your emotions, you are going to be left empty. You start serving how you feel. Pastor Moore said it great. He's the big brother that I bring in, and he can say the stuff that I can't say, and it's awesome, and I let him, and he's, he's great. But he said, this generation, and he's true, you think you can say whatever you feel. We have every right. I, this is my right. Yeah, it is. But you're a Christian. You're a believer of Jesus. So maybe your right to say whatever you feel has been left to the side, and you need to say whatever Jesus is telling you to say. Okay? I'm going to help us. We're gonna, this, is good, this is good faith-building message. But your emotions are real. How many of you know we're not just robots? Right? We cry. We laugh. We have fun. Someone told me the other day, I don't, I don't want to serve your God. I said, why? I said, tell me, brother. He said, your God ain't fun. I said, really? I said, come to our church. I said, but besides that, you know, God created fun. He's like, no, he didn't. I was like, really? He created the universe. He created the earth. He created us. What did he create? Fun. How do you know serving God should be fun? Come on, seven of us. We're getting there. Like serving the Lord should be fun. It shouldn't just be like, I'm a Christian. I serve the Lord. Like what? Like, no, I'm a Christian. I serve the Lord. It's awesome. It's great. It's the best thing in the world. Yo, we have fun. We have fun. We enjoy the Lord. We, we enjoy his presence. We enjoy getting fellowship with one another. I enjoy this. I love coming in, and I love hearing the praises of people together. I love the two minutes. Some of you all go to the bathroom during the two-minute time. I see you. I know who you are. Stop it. Stop letting your emotions dictate it. Hug somebody. It's good for the soul. But your emotions are sometimes liars. You know, you know Psalms 34, it's a great passage of Scripture. David's amazing. But he says this in verse 1. They don't have it, but you should write it down and you should read this. I will bless the Lord at all times. David doesn't say, I will bless the Lord sometimes. I will just bless him whenever it feels good. And no, it says, I will bless the Lord when? All times. His praise shall continually be on my lips. His praise shall continually, continually, continually be on my lips. Lips, hey, my soul makes its boast in the Lord. Let the humble hear and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord, though, with me. Come on, church. See, this isn't just about me. This is about us. So I'm going to do my part. I'm going to bless the Lord. But together, let's magnify the Lord. What if we magnified the Lord in this city compared to what is being magnified now in this city? Woo! Nine of us, we're getting there. What if we magnified the Lord and his goodness and his grace in this city more than magnifying you? 
And let us exalt his name together. Let us exalt. It says, yo, I'm going to praise you all the time. All the time I'm going to praise you. I'm going to sing to you. I'm going to lift my voice to you. I'm going to shout your name all the time. I'm reading this story of Paul and and Silas, and I, I read it all the time. How many of you know the last thing I would be doing if I was in a prison cell, beaten, bruised, locked up because of doing the right thing? Yo, they weren't doing something wrong. They were doing the right thing, and they got imprisoned, beaten, bruised, locked up. How many know the last thing I'm doing is in a prison cell singing oceans? (laughs) Called me upon the waters. What's the words? The deep blue sea. I I don't even know. (laughs) Like, I'm not, I had to. I'm not, I'm not singing oceans. I'm not singing you are my conqueror. Like, I'm not singing that. You know what I'm saying in my flesh? Yo, God, you really done messed up here. You really messed this up. I'm serving you, and this is where I end up. I'm serving you, and this is what happens to me. I'm serving you, and this is how I get treated. I'm serving you, and this is where I'm landing. This is how you do this to the people that you call your sons and daughters. This is what I'm saying. I don't know about y'all. Y'all sanctified. But I'm saying that. Why? Because emotions are liars. These men understood that their emotions were not going to dictate this moment. Let alone any moment. But this moment, when they are locked up, when they are in a prison cell, their emotions are screaming at them saying, yo, shut up. Stop praising God. Stop praying. Stop singing the hymns. Shh. You know what I think Paul and Silas did? They started singing a little louder. They went from, you call me upon the water. A little louder. You call me upon I'm, I'm just for sake. So can you just take me there? Do you know it? Do you know it? Do you know oceans? You want me to sing it? Yeah. And they just, they just started getting a little louder. They just started letting the voices rain a little longer. You know, a prison cell is, is concrete. You know what it sounds in concrete? It's a lot louder. It starts ringing. It start, that's a good point right there. They started singing, and the, the noise the reverbed off of every wall, and it started to go in all the cells, and it started to move about the cells because their emotions were telling them to stop, but their conviction tells them to keep going. Stop living off your emotions and start living off of the convictions of who our God is and what he has done for you. If you stop praising, you stop forgetting what he has done for you and you start to put your eyes on what you're going through. Stop putting your eyes on what you're going through and start putting your eyes on the one that's going to carry you through it. I'm preaching this morning at this quiet church. Church, the world is controlled by emotions. Hello? Let's be an example of how it means to let you got to get your emotions in line. Start to talk to a brother or a sister. Yo, I'm just going to be real. I'm only on point one. I can go from zero to a hundred quick. You're all like, we know. <laughs> Something happens, my, my ang- anger, you know, that anger thing happens, you know. I'm not proud of it. But you know what I got to say to my brothers? Yo, I'm letting my emotions talk. I'm living by my, yo, Rach, my my emotions are just getting me. You know what they all say? Go pray. Go pray. And let the Holy Spirit put inside of you who he needs you to be. Stop 
withholding your worship because you don't feel good. This ain't my song. This band's too loud. Yo, it's fine. It's cool if you feel that way. That's awesome. I'm, I'm, told, I'm getting more and more mature in my faith. If you don't like the style that we have here, that's great. That's great. But just maybe, just maybe be excited that there's a bunch of people in here from all different races and tribes and tongues and different demographics lifting up the name of Jesus. So maybe if the song doesn't fit your emotions, maybe if the band doesn't sound that good, maybe if it's a little bit too loud, maybe we just get excited that there are people lifting up the name of Jesus in Pilsen, Chicago, and we are seeing a revival come to this place because of our worship. I don't know about you, but I think we should just give Jesus five seconds of prayer. One... Two, three. All right, so the second thing is this. Worship brings the breakthrough. It's clear, right? They start singing. They start worshiping. They start praising God. They start, and emotions quiet, and the breakthrough comes for them. Imagine the scene. They're locked up, chained up in the dungeon, in the inner cell, and they start singing. Could you imagine watching that gate open? Ooh, I got, ooh. I would run the other way. <laughs> Chains fall off the thing. I'd just sit there like, nah, it wasn't me, guys. No. Six of you got that joke. But your worship brings the breakthrough. I'm convinced of it. Does it bring the breakthrough that you want, maybe? No. Hold on. But it brings a breakthrough. I know that because God has got a breakthrough. And if you don't believe that, let me just remind you that he is the God of breakthrough. <laughs> he is going to do what he can do and only he can do. And that is give you a way where there doesn't seem to be a way. Open a door that needs to be opened up. Shut a door that needs to be shut. Make a way for you where you're like, I don't even understand how I got here, but it's all glory and honor to God. See, when you start to praise God throughout your day, throughout your week, throughout your situations, throughout your circumstances, you will start to see breakthrough. We lock our son up in a car seat. It's smart. You should do it. Especially, this is when we're driving, not just in general. <laughs> but he's getting to the age now where, where the moment we get to wherever we're going or we land at home, he knows he's home. He knows he's home, and he starts to fuss, and he starts to make a little bit of noise. And, now, and the moment I, I reach down to begin to unbuckle his car seat to set him free, hello, come on, you with me? His demeanor changes from upset to joy, from upset to peace. He starts to realize that, oh, my dad's going to come, and he's going to bring the breakthrough for me. He's going to unlock the chains for me, because, you know, that's what those car seats are. They're crazy. I strap him, and he's like, Ugh. He understands that his dad's here. Can we be people that understand when we start to worship, it says that God inhabits the praises of his people. It says that he shows up where his people are praising him. And so you can remind your spirit today that when you start to worship, your father shows up to whatever situation, to whatever circumstance, to whatever season of life you're in, and your dad's there to bring the breakthrough in Jesus' name. Come on. Your worship can be the breakthrough. Okay? So, yo, when your marriage is a mess, praise him. When you're broke, praise him. <laughs> and all the college students say it. <laughs> when you need a job, praise him. When you need an answer, praise him. When you got the bad report, praise him. Come on, guys, this is not just when it feels good. This is all the time continually beyond my lips. 
Because I trust my God to be the God of the impossible, to be the breakthrough God. Man, what if the world saw this? The praises within them lifted the prison doors. The third thing is this. Your, your worship makes your prison into a platform for God. Mm. When you worship, you know what you do? And the band can come on up. You know what you do? You remind the devil what he thought he could beat you with will not beat you. See, when you stop thinking about yourself, because that's what happens in worship, right? I can't be singing, you are my conqueror, thinking about JP. Because if I try to conquer myself, I'd be a mess. I didn't go save myself from the grave. He did. I, I didn't call me here. He did. Uh, he, he, he's done everything for me, so if I start to sing these words, or whatever words you're singing, if you like the hymns, go with the hymns. They're awesome. I grew up on them. They're the best. Right? But when you start to see, sing, see, our worship, it's a proclamation, it's declaring, it's, it's saying words sometimes when we can't say, hello, this is good, words for ourselves, right? There are many times and moments, yesterday, prime example, I was holding my son, and I didn't know what to say or what to pray. I hold my son sometimes, I just pray over him. Rachel was standing in her kitchen, she probably doesn't even, get, and I had nothing, I couldn't get the words. So I pulled out our little speaker, I turned her speaker on, I got my phone, I just started worshiping the Lord. I just held him and I worshipped him. Why? Because I couldn't find the words to say. I couldn't find the words to pray. So I allowed others' words that have been put to paper for us be the words that I began to pray. See how this works? Sometimes when you can't worship for yourself, just turn on somebody, something that's already been there for you. This is good. And what has happened then is as you worship, the things that Satan would want to destroy you with start to become the platform to give glory to God with. See, Paul and Silas were locked up. They were in prison. Hello? That prison became a house of God. Not Dan. Where's that at theological? Jesus showed up. It became his place. Though that prison was now God's ability, now or God's way of saying, hey, everybody, take notice. I'm here. I'm standing on this ground. See, when you remind yourself of all the things that you don't have, you're giving your worship to you. When you remind yourself of the things that Jesus hasn't done for you, you're giving your worship to you. But when you start to say, no, God, I, I, I'm not good. I, I haven't done the right things, but I'm going to praise you. I'm going to praise you. I'm going to praise you. Guess what starts to happen? He starts to get the glory. He starts to get the honor. He starts to get the praise. You know what's amazing? I'm almost done. This is my sixth close. One of six. I was lost, broken. You guys know my story. Substance abuse, trying to fill everything I could with this or that, sleeping with whoever I could. Oh, oh Pastor, you can say that? Yeah, because if I can't be with you, real with y'all, why would you come here? My wife knows this. God changed my life. 22. You know the reputation I had? It wasn't good. And you know how many times I walked before the Lord and I started to praise Him and worship Him because guys like Morris would tell me, go praise Him, go worship Him, stop listening to people's voices. But I'd get in that time and I would start to remind myself, my, voice, my head would start to tell me of all the things I did. And as I began to sing, as I began to proclaim the goodness of our God, 
I started to realize that the, the prison that Satan thought he was going to keep me in has now become a platform for the glory of God. I can't tell you, this is a, forget, per, forgive me for the personal stories, but I can't tell you how many times I've been able to sit with guys, young men, old men, and be like, yo, it's not worth it. Yo, don't do it. Yo, stop. Come on, there's more for you. There's greater for you. Because what Satan thought was going to destroy me, God's not going to get glory in. And when you begin to worship, you realize, oh, snap. He's about to reverse what I thought I was in and start to make it what he needs me to be in. I don't know about you. This is good news of God. I wonder if some of you are going to walk out this door today and you're going to start worshiping the Lord more than ever. You're going to turn it on your car. You're going to turn it on your apartment. You're going to turn it on when it doesn't feel good. You're going to be singing Shekinah Glory in the shower. Some of y'all are like, what does that mean? I turn it on. It's a great song. You're going to start worshiping when the report comes and all that stuff happens. You're going to start worshiping and you're going to remind Satan, yo, I don't belong to you. You can't keep me down. You are not going to bind my feet up. You're not going to bind my hands up. I am free to go because Jesus Christ has set me free. Come on, church. This is why we're able to say this because Jesus Christ has set us free. We are free indeed. We're free indeed. So worship him. Stop walking. I encourage you. It's getting better. I encourage you. Don't miss this moment like this. Don't miss showing up to the house of God when it doesn't feel good. Oh, the rain's out there. Oh, the traffic is out there. Oh, the, oh man, we're going to have to go to a building. Oh, man, I don't even know if I'm going to get in that building because it's a chaotic building. Show up. Fight to get here. Fight to make it happen in your own home and in your own circumstances. Fight to get the worship of heaven before your tongue. Can I say this today? The last thing is this, and we're going to sing that bridge, and it's just good. I don't even know what this is, but this is the best thing about worship. I love this. I love this. Number four, you guys got it? Your worship brings the breakthrough for someone else. Ooh, boy. Okay, 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 okay. You're not with me yet. Let me, let me just break it down. There are three individuals, three different groups that get set free. That get set free because Paul and Silas decided to worship in their prison instead of shutting their mouths and listening to their emotions. First, it says that all the other cells were open. Did, did pastor say this? No, scripture says this. You're with me right now. Because this is good. This will help you say, you know what? When I don't feel like it, I just got to do it. I just got to do it. It says the other prison doors flew open. What does that mean? All the other prisoners in? It's not like, I believe this, okay? I just believe this. That scripture didn't put that in there, and it was a bunch of empty cells. You with me? Like, I, I believe that it says all the other prisoners in prison cells wide open. Because of two men with faith-filled hearts and minds and spirits that started to proclaim the goodness of God, started to watch other prisoners be set free. Your worship can be your weapon, but it can be the weapon for a breakthrough for somebody else and trap. See what I'm saying? Like, why do I say like when you're at your work and you start singing and your coworkers look at you? Because they're going to watch what happens when you begin to fill your life with praises. And they're going to come and be like, yo, what happened? How were you able to do this? Why aren't you over here with us? Gossiping and talking and this. You know Tammy? Tammy's this, Tammy's that. Oh my gosh, Tammy's it. Yo, stop talking about Tammy and start talking to God. 
and watch other prison cells open up around you. That's the first group. This is good. Is this good? Is this good to anybody? Second thing is this. The jailer who was about to kill himself. Paul runs back and says, yo, homie, don't do that. Can I, can I, I'm going to say something. Today, Satan has a foothold with suicide. And it's demonic, and it's hard to watch. And I'm going to tell you something. Listen, I love all of you. And we've said before, you, you feel this way, you have these thoughts, you come to us, you talk with us, we're going to fight with you. But this brother was about to kill himself. And Paul and Silas's worship allowed Paul and Silas to have the heart of compassion for the guy that beat them, the guy that imprisoned them, the guy that probably spit on them, the guy that probably bruised them, to say, hey, bro, don't do this to yourself. See, when you begin to worship, it gives you eyes for people, even people that you don't like. It changes your perspective of people that have hurt you. Come on, this is why I love, this is why I love saying what I'm about to say. You can't be a Christian and live with offense. You can't. Like you can choose it. Oh, you can do it. It can be in your spirit. But when you begin to worship over and over and over again, the things that were trying to kill you, the person that was hurting you, the person that was saying this and that of you, you look with them with eyes like Jesus has for them. And you say, yo, 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 stop doing this to yourself. Hey, I know that you hurt me, but come on, I got some good news for you. It's called Jesus. You begin to set other people free. You save people from themselves with your worship. The last thing is this. It says the whole family of the jailer became saved. Man, I just wonder today. Is this encouraging? I'm done, Ryan. Thank you, my brother. Because we're going to sing. Come on up, man. We're going to sing. I wonder what your neighbors here coming out your house. This is conviction for us. I wonder what your neighbors above you, below you, hear playing through your speakers. Yo, Lil Yachty, he ain't going to save you. Actually, let me just say this. If you're giving money to him, you're a fool. And the whole place just went. Phew. I don't even know who Lil Yachty is. <laughs> Saw it on Instagram. I... That's, that's a person, right? Yeah. If he walked into this church, I'd have a seat for him. It's awesome. I love him. No offense to him. He's just, he's, he's a smart business guy. But I'm being serious. What is playing in your speakers? No, 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 for real. I, oh, he's real. This is religious. What's the word that everyone says? Legal. He's legalistic. I don't even know the word. He's legalistic, going to tell me what to listen to and what to watch. You know how many times my wife and I watched a show for a season and we're like, dang, we should probably turn this show off. Conviction of the Holy Spirit, we heed it. And you all should try to practice it. It's a good thing to do. But I wonder what they're hearing coming out your house. I wonder what they're hearing you play while you're with them. I wonder what they're, just, are you seeing people around? See, this is what has to shift and I'm done. You got to start people seeing people around you that are bound up like you once were the way that Jesus sees them. And the way that Jesus sees them is that he sees them and he wants to see them set free. And I wonder if they're seeing a picture of freedom in you for them to understand what Jesus can do for them. And maybe, just maybe, your worship is a little quiet today. 
Maybe just maybe your worship is withheld today. Maybe just maybe you're listening and giving praise to things that aren't going to help you, aren't going to see you through. And maybe just maybe today you need to say, hey, even when it doesn't feel good, I'm going to praise him. Even when I don't have all the right words to sing, I'm going to praise him. Even when my messes look big, I'm going to praise him. Even when my circumstances look large, I'm going to praise him. Even when my marriage seems to be in trouble, I'm going to praise him. Even when I need a job, I'm going to praise him. Even when it doesn't feel good, I'm going to praise him. I don't know about you. I just think we just need to give Jesus some praise in this place. We just need to worship him. Come on, Ben. Let's just sing this.